the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 27, and I'm not sick anymore, and I'm here with Jared. Yes, that's me, and uh, I'm, I am I am feeling a little under the weather, but... Uh, so it's getting to him next, and we're also yeah, here with Jay. Yeah, I'm sort of here. He'll be here intermittently. And <laughs> we also have Jennifer again today, so... Because <laughs> why not? We're not yeah. going to plug her stuff this time, because she's out of plugs now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not interesting anymore. <laughs> it was He's so, like an old shoe. Yeah, it was so a month ago. <laughs> if you if you think of something, you know, we we'll, we we can share things with people. So let's yeah. let's plug a new thing for you. Start a new project tonight. So. No, I don't have anything interesting that I can even talk about for for projects. It's all non disclosure agreement. Yeah. Well, that does that does sound interesting. That's actually exactly what I think you should talk about. <laughs> That's the sort of scandal we need to get to the top yeah. of the the pile. Let's break a non disclosure agreement right here on the Enemy Slime Podcast. Me getting sued. <laughs> yeah, it'll be perfect. So should we uh, should we begin with some uh, some rousing news? You said you said you had some stuff. What what did you bring to today? It was mostly just some void filling stuff, though it is recent and semi interesting. First one's about Titanfall. Uh, Many players are dashing home with their copies of Titanfall only to find out that they can't sign in. Microsoft says that it's an outage with regards to Xbox Live and has nothing to do with Titanfall. So basically those who are affected by these outages are unable to do anything requiring connectivity at the moment. And the Titanfall launch allegedly has absolutely nothing to do with the outage. It's just an unfortunate coincidence that everybody can now not play their game. <laughs> well, you know what um, Titanfall reminds me of? What? Like a, an MMO launch? That's that's close. That's close. But uh, MMO launches and Titanfall also remind me of uh, Lindsay Lohan. Because, you see, you know how she was supposed to be Hollywood's little media darling? And then her career went on and on, and people were just more and more disappointed with everything that happened with her. Titanfall's getting skanky. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Titanfall still has time to kind of straighten itself out, but um, it better watch out. Better stop staying up all night, drinking, taking pills. It's not helping anyone. Sort yourself out, Titanfall. God. Take a shower. I think, uh, I mean, it had had done pretty well to to start. Uh, It's interesting that they're saying it's Xbox Live and not... uh, and not the actual Titanfall servers. So our... Because Titanfall... It's supposed to be using the, uh, is it Azure, I think? Uh, the Microsoft Azure. Uh, it's their equivalent of like Amazon's uh, Amazon's web services, essentially. Hmm. Um, and Titanfall was supposed to be built on that infrastructure, which is like nigh unkillable. Uh, like, like it's supposed to be, you know, really reliable and really powerful stuff. So I'm wondering, is, is Xbox Live not hosted on well, that I service, guess the problem. I guess the problem is that Xbox Live is theoretically the gate to even starting to play the game. So if you can't yeah. even get onto the Titanfall servers because you're being gated off from Microsoft's downed servers. Well, who knows with the... Because they still did bring some back of that Connect licensing, right? Like, they, they did seem to sneak some of that back in so it might actually be like their their licensing servers that are are not working i uh was reading about it and i, I saw somebody reporting that BattleNet was down today too yeah it and was. uh because I, I think hearthstone uh launched today officially and uh BattleNet went down and then i can add a a nice pile onto the list which is i 
got my copy of Dark Souls 2 and and uh, brought it home and put it in the old Xbox and waited oh so patiently while it installed. And uh, Dark Souls 2 appears to be unavailable as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, you, you, you even mentioned <laughs> that you might as well have gotten Titanfall, but now it seems that even if you had gotten Titanfall, you'd be having the exact same issue. Well, I might, I still might as well have gotten Titanfall well, because both maybe. of them are as equally valuable to me right now. Although, I, I mean, Dark Souls has an offline mode, but like that's that's not Dark Souls for me. Like, if you can't run around and read a message that says "jump here" and then you jump there and you die, like, then really, what is the point? Well, I for one like to play my single player game without having a a giant red specter burst through the shadows and rip me in half yeah see to me that's exciting that's uh that's half the fun and the original dark souls had a lot of uh like port connectivity issues and so a lot of that stuff didn't happen for me and so i was really excited because i figured they would probably learn and and launch this one properly but that doesn't seem like that's the case i don't know i haven't done a lot of research on it yet i haven't seen a lot of other people reporting problems maybe i'm an isolated incident but uh maybe i'll maybe i'll go get titanfall i don't know <laughs> it's got to be working now, right? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Shit, is it? I'm uh, pretty sure this is recent news. Recent enough that they haven't fixed it by now. And there have been no updates on any of the articles about it going back up. So we I have went, to assume went, it's still down. I went to the Titanfall subreddit and the top article says, Our day is here. Let us drop Titans. <laughs> 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 That's a bummer. No. <laughs> nope. Well, sorry. It was a lot of fun in the beta. I'm honestly surprised uh, with how open the beta was. I'm I'm surprised that they weren't able to keep it up because um, I really thought that this would be one where they didn't have much of an excuse for it to uh, go down. But obviously I was wrong. Too bad. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you guys know how Dark Souls is if I ever get it to work. I'll bet it's uh, I'll bet it's pretty cool. Yeah, but this Titanfall stings a little more because. If if you can't connect to the servers, you're you're just not going to play it. Yeah, that is like like period. It's not like Dark Souls where I can settle for an online mode. Like there's just or an offline mode rather. There's just simply nothing for you to do at this point. And I, I guess that's something that kind of worries me as we go further and further along with games and connecting them to the internet. Is nobody can seem to effectively launch an online game. And so what's going to happen is we have more and more of these games that like remember back when with the Xbox one, they were saying it had to be online all the time. This is a great example of why nobody was happy when they said that. (laughs) Well, it's like um, when Blizzard started releasing games that would only operate online. So Starcraft 2 and Diablo 3 simply fail to operate unless they're online. And, you know, Blizzard can sling all the PR that they want saying, oh, this is going to be better for the player. But, you know, it's never it never feels better when it's maintenance day or something and, and you only have a few hours to play and the game is down and you can't play it. And you're like, how is this better than having an offline mode? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's totally true. It's, uh, it's annoying as shit. And like I said, it's just it's concerning for what's going to happen in the future because games aren't going to get less connected to the internet. They're, they're going to get more connected to the internet, but I feel like we're, I feel like we're relying more and more on that connection, but the connections aren't getting better and the servers aren't getting stable and the companies aren't investing in infrastructure. 
Um, and maybe I'm just crazy, but I don't think it's that hard to, you know, if you know that you shipped this many copies of a game, then you should probably prepare for at least a pretty sizable portion of it. Uh, and you it feels also, like, sorry, oh, go you've also got to look at the, like the legislation surrounding connectivity and things like that. Like, I think UDP is like the newest connection we have and it's great for security, but it's still got massive packet loss and that's the best we can do right now. And, you know, when, when they're trying to move to HTTP two and, you know, you've got the, I think it's the electronics internet federation or something saying, but this is going to be too secure. People are going to be able to be too anonymous. So we don't, we're going to, you know, get in the way of progress because we don't want somebody calling somebody else a butt on the internet and making them cry. Like it's just, There is a lot of progress being stopped because they're afraid of the consequences of new connections and new ways of doing things. Like online gaming would be a lot further along if we weren't so scared of coming online. Yeah. If if there if it weren't for the the Nintendos of the world. yeah, I love I Nintendo, think, but their social policies in general are just always terrible. <laughs> I I think they're a prime example of a company that isn't necessarily doing the stuff that Jennifer is talking about, but, no, but they have that same mindset. Their of mindset like, of the internet is scary, right, and it's, it's we need the, to protect other people people's from it. opinions. The whole reason friend codes are a thing is because they don't want you playing with anybody who you don't have like physical contact with. And then they well, get rid of Swap Note anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, and they've they've kind of gotten burned a little bit, or at least burned enough that they were scared uh, and decided to pull Swap Note down. And I, I loved Swap Note. Like, I'm, I'm bummed about that. It's nice to have the Miiverse as a somewhat reasonable replacement, but, um, you know, Swap Note was, was really the pinnacle of drawing dicks and sending them to people. <laughs> On my yeah. Nintendo device. Hey, those are mushrooms. We've had this conversation. That yes, yes. <laughs> I drew them every day and sent them to everyone. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they took the whole service down because Jennifer was drawing pictures of mushrooms and they just thought that they were dicks. Just well, the they, sheer, they do the have an algorithm output. to detect that though. They they I, made an entire algorithm for for the Western release of the Wii U Miiverse supposedly to try and detect that. I think they actually uh, found out that article was false because I cited it oh. on this very podcast, and then I got called out on it for not being real. So well, I was wondering because like, how do you discern from oh, one I mean, thing to the next? You know how I there's mean, it would be like the backwards version of a game that is able to like detect gestures or something. Yeah, OCR uh, has existed for a long time, and I can't imagine it's that difficult. Like, there's only so many ways that you can draw a dick. I can think of many ways. You know, as soon as well, but a curly straw dick, and then they would never pick it up. (laughs) There are just there are some things that are always there. You know, like the two parallel lines, and so I mean, you could you could probably I, I could see how such an algorithm could exist. But and I want to believe I, I did, and that's why I said it before. Yeah, but yeah, someone someone called me out on my shit, so I had to. I had to go. Oh and look well, that's that up. good to know at least. Well, let's yeah. move on to the uh, the last, world is a sadder place. The last news thing here. <laughs> let's see, what do I have? The Ouya may very well be going away as the little console that could scrambles towards a software solution, letting gamers play their Android games on a television without owning an actual box. 
Uh, one possible reason for the fa- failure to launch may be that they never gave developers any real incentive to develop for it. Uh, developers had to buy their own Ouyas and even then would often report just how difficult it was to make a profit selling their games on the marketplace due to the ease of piracy and the emphasis on selling games at unsustainable phone price points. Phone price points. Yes, like um, I think I think a lot of developers, a lot of gamers expected that they were going to go on the Ouya and buy like games for 99 cents, but there were a lot of developers who wanted to make bigger games because it you know, they wanted to make it more of a sort of a console right. experience, but then they would charge more for their games and they'd get yelled at. But they're like, but wait a minute, this is worth whatever, $5. And they're like, yeah, but we're used to paying a dollar for games on cell phones. And I think part of that was the original pitch for the Uyo was like, oh, you have this console that's got thousands of games for free because they really pushed that at first. They're like, you're never going to have to buy anything except this console. And I think that was kind of, Instead of pushing, like, we've got high-quality uh, Android games, they were basically like, it's a free console, it's open, you can put whatever you want. Like, they just yeah. really advertised it as a cheap thing that you could just get free stuff on. I'm just trying to catch up. I want to see if, if I can summarize. For some reason, the Ouya isn't working out. <laughs> well, so... <laughs> their one big game i would say was probably towerfall yeah and as of today mm-hmm. that is no longer an exclusive so your reason to purchase a new ya has pretty much dwindled down to like maybe maybe a two out of out of 200 i mean there's just no well you know what jennifer said was i mean to sort of condense that down into a single point they tried to create it like a business model out of mm-hmm people not paying for anything. Yeah. You can't do that. Uh, It sounds fine to me. (laughs) Right. It sounds perfectly fine as a gamer until the games run out because nobody's making them anymore. (laughs) Right. It worked worked for communist Russia. Yes. Very, very few people are out there developing games because they want to just put games out there uh, for for nothing and not make any money and and I think that at least three of us can speak from experience on just what kind of caliber of games you get when you don't plan on making any money from them. Well, that's see that's what I was going to say. We do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, see, in those, if that's if that is what the Uya's library was entirely composed from, uh, it would, these would be dark times indeed. <laughs> just I, RPG I actually, Maker two thousand games as far as the eye can see. I think, I, I think the where they went wrong, like right from the get go, is even bringing up the phrase Android. Like, I, yeah. I think that I think that that has created created a lot of misconceptions because I can't whip my phone out and buy Towerfall. It, it's Android based, the platform is, but I think a lot of people have heard Android and are like, "Well, why do I need that? I have an Android phone." And it's like, "Well, it's not really that." It's just it's just based around that operating system, and I mean it could hook into a lot of the same games and things like that, but uh, it also had you know plenty of stuff that was unique to it. Of course, that it's not unique now because they've sold it to a new partner. But uh, at the at the time, I don't know. I can I I don't think I ever looked at it and was like, this is a good idea, and I'm gonna buy it. I don't I don't know about you guys, but well, I think Jay also made a good point, which is that. You know, they announced that they're going to, you know, have a software solution or whatever so that you can play 
mobile games on your TV and it's like, why, why, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, and then you think back on it and it's like, wait a minute, why did the OUYA exist now that I think about it? I I don't know, you guys, I, I could sit down and load up my PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4 as it may be and put on Flappy Bird and just keep pressing X. Yeah. $60 $60 Flappy Bird. Well, but for for a brief time there, there were... I, I almost think this time is over, but for a little while there, there was this like flush of uh, mobile games that really looked like it was going to become a market that could, you know, rival portable consoles. And I feel like that... I feel like that kind of died out and those kind of games kind of stopped getting made in favor of Where's My Water and Temple Run Brave Edition... Or, or whatever other crap is there. But um, I, I get where their head was at when they started because they were, they were getting to a point where it was like, look, you're going to be able to play mobile games on your, on your television. But the exciting second part of that is people are going to make mobile games that you would actually want to play on your television. Right. Like, I'm going to just keep saying it over and over again, like Towerfall, which is a game that you absolutely want to play on your television. But the problem is, is that I think that just kind of ceased and I, I don't think that those games really exist. And maybe this is sort of like a power play on my part because I don't know how Jennifer feels about this. I even though that we has only ninety nine dollars, I just I would never buy one to develop games on. I would want them to give me one because they need me. <laughs> I don't need them. Well, that's it. Like the person I work with, we got ours from somebody who didn't want it. <laughs> like that's no and and it's it's sad because i actually like putting stuff on there to test and to to feel how it feels with the controller and and things like that but i can also plug a xbox controller into my computer and it's the same thing yeah. so um l- like i was saying to you before like i mean it, it's almost sad that that you know tizen took took the chunk that Ouya could have were it, it marketed in a different way and presented in a different way. I think their their monetization model was all wrong. They should have basically been like, hey, if you give us if you put your games for free on the Ouya, you know, we'll we'll put an ad at the start of the game and you'll get paid, you know, a cent per play or something like that. And, and it would just be a quick thing. It wouldn't interfere. And, and people would still get their free games. And it would just be like a Newgrounds console, basically, you know. Or like a Facebook but, console. or Right. And they, and they just chose to advertise it as free. They told the players it was going to be free. And they told the developers it was going to be like, you won't have any competition on here. And it's <laughs> well, just they, like, they were right about match. that. <laughs> Yeah. So you've got to be careful. And that's why I never, you know, like I'm always very careful trusting, you know, you've got to listen to the message that is being sent to the developer simultaneously as the consumer because it can tell you where they're at. And I think in in terms of the, you know, where they're at is nowhere. They were they were trying to to drive down two different roads at the same time. So in other words, it failed. Yeah. I was expecting well. <laughs> to be like, since Julie Orman was, you know, she worked for Gamefly, which was the subscription-based rental service. I was expecting, you know, I pay $99 and yeah, you get, it's like subscribing to the console. You're getting all this stuff for free. Maybe there's some ads. That's what I thought it was going to be. But the the developer pitch was, oh no, you know, it's so small. You, you'll have 
first access to all these customers and it's like where are the customers oh these customers want free stuff so it's like <laughs> what do i do here i haven't looked at the marketplace lately for for the uyala i don't i don't even know what like an expensive title looks like on that platform anymore can you browse it outside of the system i don't know that for sure i don't i don't think you can i think you can only do it on the system and i i only used one just a couple times and uh it was it was kind of a, a shady setup i thought because like you you could just make a couple clicks and buy something inadvertently that you totally didn't mean to i looked inside the ouya box and there was a phone inside <laughs> no but i did hear people say that the controller felt cheap and a few other things I oh mean, the controller's awful but it it accepts Bluetooth, and so if you're if you're crafty, you could set up a uh, DualShock uh, or or maybe a Wii remote with it. But even even that was a pain in the neck, and like those those files would get or those controllers would very easily get disconnected uh, if if you got it working. Like so, let's say you're playing Towerfall, and you're going to play four people with four DualShock threes. You're going to get those controllers synced, and then what you're going to want to do is just never turn that console off, ever. <laughs> because as soon as you do, you're going to lose all of them. Wow. And it's going to be a bummer. And that's oh. not something people who are wanting a $99 console are going to be okay with. Like, they're looking for a cheap and easy solution, and if it's a headache, it stays in the box. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at a uh, list of the Ouya library, and uh, you would be happy to know, Jason, that they have Mirror Moon EP. <laughs> Great. Um, so <laughs> My favorite game. It's your favorite game, right there. Anyways, yeah, none of this looks good and none of it has pricing. So here's one called Those Darn Nipples, which is God, I hate <laughs> those stupid nipples are always in the those, way. Those goddamn nipples. Yeah. Should we move on to, to discuss uh, brighter and more exciting things? Yes. Games. Do you do you have a sec, Jay, to, to tell us a little bit about your exciting South Park adventures or? Yeah, I can talk about them. You want you want to for a little bit? Tell me a little bit about the game. I, I Michael's going to be the one reviewing it, but it sounds like you might have even lapped him by finishing it. Yeah, I think I think um, I basically powered through that thing. It was a lot of fun. I thought I was I was I was trying to get people's opinions before I kind of uh, bought it. And I was actually looking forward to Michael's review because uh, I've always been a little curious about the stick of truth. But with how South Park has been recently and how the games have all been i was very kind of on the fence and then my buddy comes to me and he's like oh man if you're a south park fan you must try this game and i'm like yeah i'm a south park fan but no he's like no you must try it it's a must try game you gotta play it so i'm like i'm like look i'm broke i don't have any fucking money but if you (laughs) buy me the game i will play it so he goes in and he purchased it for me as like an early birthday present whatever um and i start playing it and I think, yeah, okay, this is pretty all right. It's it's pretty much what the reviews say is like playing an episode of South Park. You know, it's not bad. I'm laughing at the jokes and all that kind of stuff. And it has this kind of strange Saints Row 3 effect where like the more you play it, the more kind of ridiculously fun it gets. The gameplay system is really simple. If you play like any of the Mario RPGs, then it's basically like that where you got to uh, hit time commands. And uh, if you time it right, then you do more damage or you know you get status effects on your enemies all that kind of stuff 
uh, highly customizable uh, character, at least as far as South Park is concerned. But I think I went through like more costume changes in that game than any video game I've ever played. And it's great. And it, it feels like a kind of nice mix of um, all of the old jokes in South Park and the new storyline that they have for this game. Uh, and I think it all comes together really well. I think by the end, by the time I got to the end of it, I would have gladly had paid the $60 in order to play the game. And I, I got the bonus of not having to do that. So that was nice too. It sounds pretty good. So yeah. it's um, you think it's a a pretty faithful homage to the show, and and uh, I mean it, I, I've watched footage of it, and I think that if like my parents stumbled in while I was playing the game, I think they'd just be like, "Oh, South Park is on," you know. I mean, it looks it looks so incredibly like the TV show. It looks exactly it looks exactly like the show, and I've th- seen a couple of um ridiculous reviews that are like oh you can't change the video settings it's like why would you want to change the video settings because it already looks exactly like the show <laughs> there's nothing you know there's nothing to do to kind of heighten it or lower it it's 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 kind of what it is it's funny that you should mention that because uh, i'm i'm here in my apartment occasionally my dad kind of just stops by and crashes or whatever and i'm i'm playing the south park game and he just peeks in at my laptop uh, my uh, computer and he's like Oh, is that that South Park game that's been delayed forever? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what it is. He's like, oh, it looks like the show. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. And so I, I, so your your analogy is exactly right. That's exactly what happened to me. It looks very convincingly like the like the actual show. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad that it, uh, it did it didn't overstay its welcome at all. I I hear it runs like 20 hours or so. Is that yeah? Is that I, right? I I beat it in about 16 hours. I didn't get all the collectibles, but I did do. Um, all the side quests, I maxed out uh, my Facebook friends, which is a really important part of the storyline. And so, you know, I did, I did, I did, I did basically and, and saw basically everything there was to do in the game. And uh, I beat it in about 16 hours. So it's not very long. I don't know, but I mean, I'm not. I think that's kind of a blessing in, in a way, though. I mean, I know that I know that for an RPG, that's not an expected length. But for a comedy game, a lot of times I think those have a habit of overstaying their welcome and, uh, and 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 as far as the jokes are concerned uh, with South Park, I I I feel like there were some gags that they had running in it, and they did a really good job with them because just when it got to the point where it felt like it was going to stop being funny, and that they were going to run the joke into the ground, they did something to make it funny again. You know, and I and I hate talking about it because it's going to be spo- spoilers. Like we didn't fucking spoil Left Behind. Uh, um, <laughs> but um, there's a, there's a couple of really good um, jokes kind of going on in there. Well, jokes, of, jokes are never as funny when you uh, re- retell them anyway. So it, yeah, yeah, they're, not, they're never as funny as. I mean, the big thing, you know, all I all I'll say is that they kind of refer to you as the Dragonborn often in the game, which <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought was great. And as the game goes on, you you find out they do in fact mean the Dragonborn. And since since this game was in development before the uh, Skyrim DLC Dragonborn, that's from this point forward going to be my canon i'm going to say you know what my skyrim dragonborn and the new kid in south park are the same exact guy same exact guy are they both are they both married to a woman who's stuck walking backwards for eternity no no and one's actually a girl but in south park you get a lot of chances to dress up as a girl so that works out too oh perfect yeah i mean i i i I strongly recommend it like i said it's one of the few rpgs that i've actually really thoroughly enjoyed for a while you know, I think I think Nintendo's put out a few that I've also liked, but in terms of all the new stuff, there's always been something a little off-putting about it. Like, like we've been having problems with me clearing Bravely Default because of how grindy it is, and uh, 
and Banner Saga I just didn't like, and a whole bunch of other games. But in terms of uh, RPG that I played recently that I really fucking loved, I think South Park. I think I'm going to give it another run through. Really? That that good, huh? That good. I'll be interested to see if Michael's uh, opinions line up with your own on that one. I'll be interested as well. I want to say the um, the last thing I'll say is the combat customization isn't super involved, but I think it's just evolved enough that, you know, I, I've seen a few complaints where it's like, oh, you can't do this super detailed path tree like it's fucking Path of Exile or whatever, but you can do kind of just enough to make each, each character play different. So I, I started up as kind of a rogue in this game, and I ended up making myself a nice little build that um depends on bleeding out characters and all that kind of stuff and end up with a nice little kind of berserker character in the long run. So yeah, a lot of their perks are the same, but in terms of the gear and in terms of uh you know how exactly you can build your character, it is it it's got a nice kind of bit of a customability to it. It feels simple, but I think there's a little bit of a deeper layer people aren't getting credit to. And then I went off and I read um some fucking reviews with uh Matt and Trey um, sorry, interviews with Matt and Trey talking about the game and talking about how their influences for this game were Skyrim, which is obvious, Earthbound, you know, Mario RPG, and Legend of Zelda, which I think you can find all of that throughout uh, the Stick of Truth. So if you're a fan of those and you want a little bit of that with some of that South Park flavoring, this is, you got to grab this one. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good endorsement right there. It's uh it might be one that I'll check out. Leave the 360. My my 360 has been just hanging out in the basement, and uh, when Lords of Shadow and uh, and now Dark Souls came out, I had to go dig it out. And like it's, I don't have a place for it anymore because the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four have taken up those spaces. So like it, it's just dangling precariously off of a shelf with like a bunch of wires running up to it. And I've been capturing video from it, so it's got like another. HDMI port that's uh, going into the capture box, which is just hanging out on the floor, and it's a it's a very Frankensteinian uh, living room right now. My my wife's gonna love it when she sees it. Of course, um, it's in an iron lung. So <laughs> I don't I don't know how long I can actually leave that setup there, but uh, I may leave it there long enough to check out South Park. And it sounds like it's worlds better than uh, South Park sixty four. Which Ooh. decided, which Thank decided, yeah, which decided to go the the route of making it three D for some reason, yeah, which looked yeah. awful. <laughs> That's a, I didn't really think about it at the time, but like that is the last thing that they should have. Not done to with mention performance wise, it would have been so much better to just make it two dimensional. Boy, and, <laughs> and that, it would have that, like the cartoon mist, um, just everywhere. And I, I don't know if you actually had the game, but I I, I got it for Christmas one year. Because when I was a little kid, like South Park was kind of like my my father and I's thing as we would watch that together. And it always, at least until my mom decided that I shouldn't watch that horrible, horrible show anymore. Um, which is kind of funny because I think if you if you go back and watch the earlier seasons of South Park now, uh, they're pretty tame, like by comparison to what we have yeah, today. Are. My parents are actually the opposite. My, my, my dad wouldn't let me watch it. And then my mom was watching a marathon and she's like, Oh, you got to come in here and, and see this. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> go <Not> figure. <laughs> My mom was convinced it was cult behavior. Well, <laughs> I, there's still some evidence of that, I think. But, <laughs> but you know, and, and I, I think, I think the good thing about a uh, stick of truth is Matt and Trey are really honest about the earlier games. They were like, those games sucked and we wanted to do it right. So 
Yeah, I saw that. I saw that interview where they said that they were basically just shitty cash in games, and now <laughs> yeah. now that they were further along and had the time and the resources and the money, they were just gonna do it and make it really good instead of. I'm surprised they didn't do like a South Park style Quake Arena because like they're they're nuts about Quake. I guess they even if they well, had that's wanted, why they went 3D. I guess. Though. Yeah, I was gonna say even if they had wanted to, they'd have to go 3D to do it. Well, well that's, that's I, why. I, I, before one was 3D, supposedly. Yeah, I, I actually have a segue off that into the other game I played this week, believe it or not. I I really am kind of, I've been kind of dying to hear about this game because hearing it explained to you secondhand is almost more fascinating, I think, than playing it. I, I imagine that hearing it explained to you secondhand has actually got to be better than playing the actual game <laughs> just because of all the crazy shit you do. So I, I, I played Jazz Punk. I cleared it in two hours yesterday. Uh, talk about short games. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a, a mind fuck at first. And there's just kind of like so much shit going on. I, the, essentially, you're a secret agent who's um, working in some kind of weird, you know, it, I, I can't tell if it's supposed to be the real world, if it's supposed to be like a computer world based on the real world or whatever it is. There's a lot of um, uh, computer gags and puns in that in the game. And you're a secret agent and you basically just go off on a bunch of different random bullshit missions that are essentially just uh, espionage movie tropes so the first mission you have to infiltrate the russian consulate and um you know steal a security tape from them or whatever and you're just kind of dropped into the middle of this field it's all first person and what you have to do is just run around in the world and just interact with different people so you can talk to npcs NPCs are going to just run off a ton of different different uh, puns. So, for example, there's like some level where you're headed to a restaurant and a girl in the kimono tells you, oh, there's no instant MSG here, which is supposed to be instant messaging. And I'm like, OK, that's cute. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> All right. And I think <laughs> I, I think on the first level, um, I, I ended up going to movie, a movie theater and I started watching a commercial for an actual real toy called the swing wing. And it was just kids sitting there spinning their heads around as a tassel flew around their head. And your objective in the movie theater was just to smoke a lot until people yelled at you and then throw popcorn at everyone until they kicked you out of the theater. Um, once that was done, I went and I did a mission for a guy who was like, I need you to go and shoot down a couple of carrier pigeons and bring back their information. I shot down the carrier pigeons. I bought them back to the guy and uh, he said, now I'm going to teach you my mother's secret pigeon pot pie recipe. And he threw them in a microwave. Out came a pie and I threw it in his face because why wouldn't I? And was that, I, was that a choice or is that just like what the game has you do? Just what the game has you do. And it's like once you kind of figure out there are a couple of puzzles they are not super complicated puzzles but you definitely have to start to apply the game's logic in order to figure it out so like infiltrating the russian consulate if you talk to the security guard enough he's like man i can't wait until lunch so you eventually you find a clock inside the consulate you have to set the hands to 12 o'clock and everyone takes their lunch break and then you can walk in um so it's, it's kind of that weird kind of applying that strange logic but it's uh you know there's nothing you can do to screw up it's a very linear kind of story and there's a ton of uh video game references and video game parodies so the first one i ran into this one's a little bit more of a movie parody i would say it's kind of like lone cabin in the woods or survival horror but um uh it's it's called pizza cabin 
and your objective is to get your little pizza slicer and kill the pizza zombies until you make it to the safety of the cabin. There's another called Wedding Cake, which is Quake. So you gotta, your objective is to uh, marry people. So, of course, you do this by taking wedding cakes and champagne bottles and shooting them at the other wedding goers and then, you know, uh, killing them means you marry them. That's Wedding Quake. So there's a ton of little stuff like that throughout the game. Okay, glad that made you laugh. Yeah, um, it, it did, and I didn't even experience it. <laughs> right. So there's a little, there's a bunch of little stuff like that. You know, it's it's kind it's kind of a cute game, but it feels a little empty by the time you get to the end of it. It's uh, really kind of, uh, I guess it's really kind of short. But by the third level, I feel like it starts to teeter out a little bit because it's not quite as clever as the first two missions. It's really the third level is really just. You know, let's throw in every single reference ever from AOL Online just to Blockbuster Video to, um, you know, just to, to Street Fighter to James Bond to whatever. They just do everything in that level. And it started to lose its focus a little bit. And then you meet the uh, antagonist who, re- who literally introduces himself as the antagonist. He hands you his card that has his name on it. And it says his job is antagonist. So there you go. And the rest of the game, you just have to kind of rescue your boss from this guy. Of course, going through with more references like the virtual boy and and golfing and gravy racing and all this kind of stuff. So it's it's really a, a ton of mini games inside a, a little bit of a larger game. It's kind of impossible to lose. And it's kind of, you know, you can't make any choices. The game doesn't really want you to make. You can do a few side quests. But again, like like South Park, I did everything and I still came out to about two hours. Yeah, sorry, I got I got distracted because I wanted to watch a clip of of Wedding Quake, <laughs> <laughs> and it looks uh, it looks pretty okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I like it. They they just fall down and hearts spray out of them. <laughs> they just fall down and hearts spray out of them. I guess I have a few gripes with it. First of all, there's a lot of bugs in the game. There's some level where I saved inside a room, and I came back to it later to find out that basically every puzzle I had done to unlock the room had been undone. But since I was trapped inside the room, I couldn't get out there to do them again. So I was kind of stuck, and that save file was fucked. There's a long, long Steam support thread, so there's kind of like a ton of bugs. I, I, I really did feel like as the game went on, it lost some of its um originality and quirkiness and then got it back a little bit but not quite enough to really uh keep going with how fresh it was at the start and i don't know i feel like 16 dollars is kind of a lot for the experience that you get out of it yeah i mean it's definitely for the length that you're describing it it's uh it's definitely on the pricey side I don't know. This is pretty great, but I don't know that it's uh, that it's probably in line with it. But if it ever goes on like a Steam sale or yeah. something like that, I, I might pick it up. Yeah, I think I think on a Steam sale, it's a lot safer to uh, to grab it. Someone someone compared it to Airplane and Scary Movie, which I think is accurate. It feels like a Zucker Brothers film, depending on how you feel about those. Yeah, I don't know. Zucker's kind of all over the place. Like I I, I love Airplane and uh, obviously Naked Gun. Yeah. Top secret. Yeah, yeah, all those are pretty good. I actually There's... did like Rat Race. I know it's not everyone's favorite, but I'll, I'll own that. I'll say that. No, no, Rat Race is good. Um, y- you know what I've never actually seen that has been on my list forever and ever and ever? Um, I've never actually watched Police Squad. Like, I've watched all the Naked Gun movies, but I've never actually seen the TV show. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll bet it is fantastic. Did you want to... Uh... 
Did you want to talk about Talisman at all, Jason? Or do you do you think that everything that needs to be said has been said? Pretty much everything that needs to be said has been said. It's It's exactly like the board game, which is good and bad. Because there are just one or two cards in the deck that are awful and ruin the game. And being a digital version, you'd think this is the version where... Uh, they would, I don't know, add more options. Like with with the physical version, if you don't like a card that's clearly broken, you just take it out of the deck and they don't let you do that in the digital version where that should be a an easier convenience to do such a thing, but it's not there. So Yeah, you you would definitely expect something like that. I'm surprised that they don't uh they don't do anything with it. So I mean but... it's like it's a fun game, but at the same time I'd say just Buy the physical version of it, and if you find one or two of those cards to be broken like I do, then you can take them out, and then you can have a fun game of Talisman. <laughs> there you go. All right, Talisman in a nutshell. Well, if, if uh, I, I didn't get to play anything this week yet, if, if Dark Souls had launched, I'd have something to say about it, but um, I did want to take a second and kind of jump back into our news stories and maybe just talk a tiny bit about our dear friend, Miss Anita. And, oh, good. And some of the drama around her. And God. B- before we talk about it, I just I just want to say that we're uh, we've made a very conscious attempt with this site to not be to not take any stance, I guess you could say, on the social well, justice. We have a very sure. we have a we have we have a stance, but sure, we're we, not going to use the, the website as our platform for it. Right. Exactly. We each we each have our own opinions on the matter. And in a lot of cases, those opinions don't match. And, uh, you know, it's just we're we're trying to remain that that last beacon, that that last island where you can go and basically not see any of this shit. And yeah, so, basically, basically, my attitude is if you want to seek out this social justice stuff and this activism stuff then go fucking seek it out. There are websites for it, but video game websites aren't that platform. Boy, and you know what? There are websites out there for it that are a hell of a lot more popular than ours. So if if you're upset at any point because we're not covering the the latest uh, you know drama for this kind of stuff, then there are plenty of places. Well, uh, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to let you explain your point, but I just want to say I think the fucking video game journalism websites that do it are predatory and just doing it for hits and to get that money and don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That's well, and they're, in most cases, they're the people least qualified to talk about it, too. They like, really are. I, I, I'm a, if I'm a games journalist, I don't know what business I have discussing civil rights. Like, it's just not... Right, uh, but it gets, them, it gets them hits, which is the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're fucking right for people that really don't know a lot about it. And, you know, I mean, I... I I, I will say, just to throw my credentials out there real quick, that I grew up around this shit. My dad was a Black Panther, and my mom was, like, the first black supermodel. And they were both very very active in the civil rights movement, and they made sure that their kids are. Um, so when they raised us, they were like, no, you're going to this program, you're going to this program, you're learning about it. And then when you get older, you can decide what you want to do with it. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm calling people out when I say, I want to fucking see what you're doing. You know, instead of just ranting on a video game website about how fucking Hotline Miami 2 offends you personally. If you write something on the internet, that is one step closer to... I, I don't know if you've seen this, but people on Facebook sometimes, what they'll do is they'll, uh, they'll change their, their Facebook profile to, like, stop a disease or... Um, you know, they'll, they'll post the color of their bra to make sure that the people know about, 
And uh, then that fixes all the problems. I mean, it worked when everyone yeah. changed when everyone changed their profile picture uh, to that red plus sign in support of a uh, gay marriage. And that's when New York passed its gay marriage law. And that's that's a direct cause and effect. That's Facebook. That's that, that's someone changing their profile picture on Facebook, telling you that this this shit works. This couldn't have I, happened if nobody liked my post on Facebook. I, ge- <laughs> I, I, I genuinely why cancer doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, we we got rid of it. We fixed it. <laughs> I I did it last week, guys. After I was done with Farmville, I just popped over to the other tab and I went to uh, Facebook. I said, "I hate cancer." Like, if you agree, take care. post post this. If you don't like cancer, share, click <laughs> like. So many thumbs up. Cancer like was this, gone like in like an hour. You, like this, if you so, hate cancer, share this. If you wish cancer would go away. So I, I know this is I know this is distracting from the actual point, but I did want to put that out there that. Um, just because you said they aren't qualified and I would just like to see some of that transparency. Tell me what groups you're going to tell me what charities you're donating to. If, you know, if you really think you are this kind of civil rights kind of justice guy, but don't go ahead and give yourself a big old pat on the back on how you called out blizzard or, uh, South park because you didn't like an anal probing scene. Go back oh, go, go ahead. These, sorry. If you go back in most of these people's history, even like two years ago, and, you know, now they're saying, oh, it's so obvious, you know, you guys are just this or that for not seeing it. And, like, you go back, like, even, you know, a year or two years, and this so obvious problem never occurred to them until so-and-so was saying it, or it right. seemed profitable to get clicks. So, it's just like, right. people are like, well, you don't you don't get to, to judge their motives. It's like, but they get to judge game developers' motives, so we absolutely yeah. get to judge their motives. Yeah, but and that's and that's and that's the thing that really makes me upset about it. I think these web these these review websites try to hold the developers accountable, but they're not holding themselves accountable. And I think that's really the worst part of it. And often the um, developers that they go ahead and prey on, and, and and Jennifer, we talked about this after the the podcast uh, last yeah. time, but. The people that they go and prey on are really the easy, soft targets. It's the guy that you can pick on um, just because you can get away with it. It's like if this were, you know, fucking Nintendo or something in the back, Miyamoto said something that quote unquote offended people. uh, You wouldn't go ahead and go after him because you can't. You can't touch him. So go after the small indie developer instead. Yeah. I mean, well, and and the indie, the indie side of things is where a lot of these people lie and where and where a lot of these forces are and um you know i've i've always felt like a lot of the criticism that that some of these sites levy against people is just a, a lack of inclusion and and stuff like that you know just saying well why aren't there any any gay video game characters or why aren't there any um, transgender video game characters. And that's, a, that's a whole other box of And again, it's people it's, talking without actually doing something about it themselves. That's yeah, the thing that's is, the, is that material material that's created at gunpoint, like forcing somebody to, to do something uh, that they weren't planning to originally do, it's never as good. And so like you can shame Nintendo all day into making a, a game with a, a transgender Samus or something. But you're it's not going to be good because they're, they're not well, going to uh, it, it, my point. My point being is that I think that that kind of stuff has an easy solution, especially with the indie market, which is go make that game. If you want no, that, game. No, you're right, that. Go make that game and it's 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 yeah. it, I think uh, Jason nailed it when he says uh, they're not doing anything about it because it's far easier just to complain and then pat yourself on the back and pretend that you are doing something right. than it is to actually go ahead and do something. 
Right, because the magic word is awareness, because you've convinced yourself that by spreading awareness, you've actually done something. Yeah. And uh, and 90% of the time, you haven't. It's the same. It, it's not limited to video games or any of this kind of stuff. It's the, it's the pink ribbon for breast cancer. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's all that stuff. And it's, oh, I've made people aware, and so I did something. And it's like, well, you literally did the, the smallest possible contribution uh, that you that you possibly could have done. So I guess well, congratulations in that regard. I, I was actually at a you know my my dad's big thing recently has been um, uh, mass incarceration. So you know it's a big problem in the United States in terms of prisons and how many inmates we have, et cetera. So I, I attended a rally with him, and I was sitting there, and you know tons and tons of speakers were just going up there. Just throwing stats and talking about, oh, here's this stat and here's that stat. And it was really not helpful. And finally, the last speaker comes up and she tells you what to fucking do about it. Like, if you want to get involved and get active. It's like, that's what I wanted to hear the whole time here. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even see that on the websites. I just see them have to report on the one security guard that looked at a woman funny, um, you know, at a convention. And he's not even associated with the convention. He's just the security guard that works at the place. But this is supposed to be, you know, games journalism taking up the banner of social justice making things better for people and it's like supplies no solution it's just there to get people mad well that that's what i hate about the whole like oh but it got you talking it's like yeah a a crap on the floor might get you talking but that doesn't mean it's going to go anywhere good like it has to be in the right direction so even if there are valid issues with things it's just like yeah, let's let's discuss this dump someone took on the floor. It's like, okay, great, but what are you going to do about it? Are you going to clean it up? Are you going to leave it there? Like, what's happening I'm, with this? No, I'm going to go in a rally, and I'm going to explain to everybody the exact consistency of the shit and how long it <laughs> sat there and how bad it smelled. Well, to be, to be I mean, fair, I, that, that analogy almost works even better, too, because sometimes these situations are dumps on the floor where there wasn't even a problem until someone made the problem and right, then right. Is, and it's like but i got you talking about it and it's like well it wasn't I, even an issue i i, I want to go back to what uh, jennifer said about you know if you look at their history this wasn't this was an issue i mean there, there's one website i think that we can kind of credit for starting all this shit and i won't name it but a lot of other websites immediately started following suit as soon as they right. saw how well it took for them it's not even like an original thought on anyone's count it's like oh this is doing well for this website so now we need to start talking about it i think you're right you say indie games are kind of a good field where you can go out and if you want to see this type of game you can find someone and start working on this uh type of game it's like my my thing here as people know isn't really video games it's it's a film and it's especially indie film and if i want to see this type of movie about this type of character then I fucking start making this type of movie. And that's, you know, that's why you get into it to begin with. That's the whole idea. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, and that, the reason and the reason you go out and write a book is because you're gonna write the book that you want to read that nobody yeah. else is making. Precisely. Precisely. And that's that's the exact decision I made uh years ago when I decided to get into this. It's like, you know, I'm 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 sick of seeing one type of character in movies. So I'm gonna go out and make movies with the types of characters I want to see. And not everyone has to do that, but you know, if you're out volunteering your time to a cause that you believe to, if you're out, you know, donating money and making sure that's transparent where your money is going, you know, to the right right groups and all this kind of stuff. There's a ton of shit you can do uh that's actually doing something. That's not just social media and then complaining on a website. And I, I actually I, I mentioned books and books are a great example where um 
there's a there's a market on self-publishing on Amazon that has like taken off over the last yeah. few uh, years, and th- and that there's a big niche genre that has formed, which is monster romance or, or monster erotica. <laughs> uh, there was there was specifically a book called Moan for Bigfoot, and <laughs> you didn't see this woman out there complaining on blogs about how there weren't any any erotica novels about Bigfoot. Right. She just she just went out there and she brought right. us one. She said, "You or know dinosaur what? Dinosaur porn. Dinosaur there's, porn. Another one. <laughs> there's a there's a gap here, and I'm gonna fill it. Be the change yeah. you want to see in the world. The <laughs> well, the biggest argument now is like, oh, well, not everyone can go out and do this, and not everyone. It's like, well, that's great that you don't want to take that risk, but you don't get the goodies when you don't take the risk. Like the the guy who made Puppeteer, I believe it was, came out. Uh, and he was basically like, write your own effing story because he was, t- people were really upset that a Puppeteer was a boy. And he's like, we tested this game with thousands of children and not one of them mentioned that the character was a boy. They didn't care. They didn't right. even notice. I and mean, there, mine, mine was a like, skeleton for half the game. So. Yeah. But like, and, and you know, when, when you do get to that point where you really are just nitpicking on somebody else's choices, then the onus is on you to make that tiny change that you think makes such a big difference. And they're like, well, I don't have a giant budget. It's like people are more open to low budget crap now than they were when I started. Like I had a hell of a time when I started. Like, you know, I had people tell me to kill myself because pixel art was dead, you know, and it's just like... You guys, now everyone's like, yeah, pixel art's so awesome. Look at this style that 30 other developers are using. And I'm like, well, that's just how it goes because. I, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I think I think it's the same across the board. I think, you know, in any form of media and it, the only thing it used to be untrue of is television. But now, thanks to programs like Amazon and Netflix and web series, that's even not, not true anymore. It's easier yeah. to create alternative content in any form of media than it was before so um you know you just that's gone yeah exactly i mean i mean it's just people making excuses for you so i i i do suspect (laughs) jared that this isn't the direction you wanted the conversation i was i was was just about to say you know can we mention what we actually were going to talk about (laughs) we didn't we didn't but what we have done what we have done very effectively is we have demonstrated why i won't say their names but why sites like um Dodaku and Doc Daper, Doc <laughs> Gun, and Dolly Dawn, and um, uh, shit, what's the other one? There's another one. Um, Dorbs. Dorbs, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> Docker. We've really shown what about, why. What, what about Don Duchera? <laughs> yeah, that one. Oh, Den Duchera. Well, I said, Den, I said, Den I said Dolly Don, so oh, okay. <laughs> that's where he's at now. This is why it's so effective for them because it's it just spurs a discussion. Like the second you bring it up, whatever we were moving towards, and and the reason I brought this up is because the person at the center of this controversy last week, you can't discuss this person without discussing the social justice movement. But if you really boil this story down, social justice has nothing to do with it. It's just one person being an yeah, asshole and that's taking perfect. someone else's work. And so Let's let's get past that, and I'll just update anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, which is Anita Sarkeesian, uh, who made a thing. We don't even really need to say what it is. She made a thing, and some people like it, and some people don't like it. And um, it was it, one. Uh, there was basically an artist out there. Her name's Tammy, and she found the, a character that she had drawn uh, showed up in the logo for Anita's thing, 
And, um, you know, she didn't, she wasn't credited in any way. It was an original piece of art based on an existing character. So there is some question as to, um, and, and actually that's what I found most interesting is just this, this brought up, this, this uh, lady decided to kind of play lawyer a little bit and has done a pretty admirable job of making a case on her Tumblr for why exactly this usage was, was not fair use, um, she, I guess, wrote to Anita and said, hey, you're using my stuff and I don't like that and never got a response. So she made the post public and, you know, the same day she does get a response. And I would think that if you're Anita Sarkeesian, this is a pretty easy choice, which is just take down the art and avoid the shitstorm, especially when you're already in the center of so many other shitstorms. And uh, instead, she wrote back and said, it's fair use because I put it into a remixed collage and it doesn't matter anyway because I'm a nonprofit organization. And I, I didn't sure, know this, but nonprofit organizations can do anything they want. <laughs> as as a man who's worked for several nonprofit organizations, they cannot do anything they want. And often She's not they have a to nonprofit pay. though. Well, if if she's, she's if 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 she's a nonprofit, we are 10,000 times a nonprofit because I guarantee you that she has seen more profit than uh, any of us ever have for this project. So There's a few key points with, with what she's saying and McIntosh is saying, and this is the discussion I had with Tammy, is that she keeps saying it's a collage and it's or it's part of the critique or it's part of – the problem is is that she's not using that piece to critique that piece. She's right. using it as a as a composition in branding that is repeatedly used throughout the series. It's not because one person compared it to, you know, the wipes people have where they have them like looking in horror on a video game screen cap and someone tried to compare it to that. And I'm like, no, because it's repeatedly used. It's not it's branding. And just like I can't take a picture of Coca-Cola and put it in my branding that it's not in a manner that's parody. And basically say, oh, no, because it's it's part of my criticism. Your logo can't contain the repeated criticism of the same fair use piece as far as I know. I'm actually curious because I I don't even know. On on top of it, it's not it's technically not the piece that she's criticizing. Does that make sense? Like if she's criticizing, criticizing, but even 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 here look here's how she could use the piece she could use it under a creative commons license and tammy clearly did not put a creative commons license but even if she did she would still have to properly credit the artwork to the original creator uh and she you know that 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 piece of art has a very clear signature on it and she cropped that signature out and you know so it's not 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 only is it the wrong argument she's just kind of uh you know doing the wrong thing entirely there's there's just no way that she's in the right here so there's also oh, oh go sorry. ahead. There's also the issue that, um, as Tammy put it, she's recontextualizing the meaning of that piece. Like, for example, Tammy's a huge fan of Dragon Slayer, right? So taking that piece and using it to sort of brand a not not defamation, but to use that as branding to represent something you don't like is is going to associate that image with Anita Sarkeesian and. There's some confusion as to who owns it because, yeah, she cropped out the signature and it's also not representing what Tammy wanted it to represent. So it's it's kind of like saying, oh, you're you're a fan of this thing. I'm going to crap all over it using your own artwork like you can't do that. That's 
it, it it constitutes a recontextualization that I don't, as far as I know, you you can't just do that, and especially not in the branding itself. So can I take a picture of Anita and put her on a billboard for like an escort service? Is is that um, okay then? Is that what she's saying? Yeah. That's what she's saying. Are you <laughs> well, are, are you a nonprofit? <laughs> yes, we we give people escorts out of the goodness of our hearts. The other the other point that I made to this person that was arguing against Tammy and even Jonathan Blow jumped in on some of this stuff, which was I couldn't it it blew my mind. Um and even McIntosh put out kind of a you know, a mean-esque tweet that's like, you guys just don't get fair use. It's like, no, you don't get fair use. You know, logos and trademarks, you know, those things are all kind of separate from just basic fair use. You know, you're not taking a clip of someone and examining it. You are, you know, putting someone's stuff in your logo that you repeatedly show over and it becomes associated with you. And and again, it's like it's like, look, I I since I've been world traveled and all over the fucking place. When I was back in the webcomic days, you would occasionally find this shit with our artwork, and we'd be like, "Hey, buddy, that's not cool." And they're like, "Okay, well, I'll I'll take it down. I didn't, I didn't have your permission." And another another case is it's like, well, you don't talk to us, and maybe we will give you permission. It's like, okay, yeah. sure. So it's really simple to resolve. So when you say Anita's being an asshole. She's really just being a fucking asshole. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's just all the all the argument that came down on Tammy's head, especially from like John, like Jonathan Blow came down on her, you know, basically saying that she's, you know, bordering on censorship and she better watch herself or it's going to be defamation. And like he's literally trying to, you know, and he's pro Anita Sarkeesian, but he's literally trying to terrorize, you know, an artist out of. Out of saying I don't want my stuff used that way. Like, what if somebody made a braid porno? Like, what is he like? Is he gonna? He he got upset because people didn't understand the plot of his video game the way that he wanted to, and yet he can't understand how an artist would be upset that the thing that they love is being, you know, having its head put on a pike, and and you're now part of that because of your drawing. Yeah. It just it blew my mind that that he would behave it that way. I was going to ask, what's the last thing that happened with this anyway? Because I, I I was kind of following her on Twitter, and uh, I haven't really seen anything come out of it. I I, I think that it probably isn't resolved still. It 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 was unresolved as of today, but they were talking as far as I know, and. I, I don't really understand why Tammy's bothering with the whole like, oh, just just prove you're a nonprofit and it'll be over. I don't think because the original argument was that she was basically crapping on something she loved without her permission using her own artwork. That was the original. So I'm a little confused as to why well, she's now saying the nonprofit thing, because that doesn't really matter. Well, but it's, it, it's it stings of, less when you know that someone stole your work and at least in the government's eyes isn't profiting off of it. it yeah, it, that's it, true. It sort of matters because it's it, it sort of matters because if she's not a nonprofit, then Tammy has every right to kind of demand payment for her, for the use of her work, and you would do this kind of with anything. It's it, and I have to do it all the time when I'm when I'm working in film. If I'm work, if I'm using someone else's artwork or if I'm using um, someone else's music or whatever, I have to license it out, and we have to make a very clear deal that if this film makes above this amount of money, then I have to give those people. Uh, percentage of the cash it's just kind of it it, it makes it makes it makes sense from a business sense so i believe that's why tammy's pursuing the nonprofit point because uh she probably 
does have a case business wise. Uh, it does help to know that her. somebody's going to have to write you a check too. She can't. Right. She can't, Tammy actually can't accept any money for it, but neither can Anita profit for it. This is the the, the kind of murky waters with fan art is that. Tammy can't accept money because it is fan art. And I know you see people at conventions selling fan art all the time. They're really not supposed to. Tammy right. can't profit off of it, but neither can Anita. That's right. the thing. Right. Neither of them can just like, and, and you know, the people who made dragons there can't actually profit off of Tammy's fan art either. Like Marvel can't take fan art as somebody else said and sell it you know even though it's a derivative work that's just but yeah the the fan art makes it tricky and it makes people think that you know tammy has no case but she does have a case for a cease and desist she does have a case for season and then and then my point is i think why why i think she's pursuing the non-profit point is because i do think she believes she has a case there yeah. in terms of um in terms of doing that and now ultimately i do believe that you know, should this go beyond being kind of an internet argument, then Tammy is definitely at a little bit of a handicap here. Yeah. And you know, I do, and I do think this is true both legally, and I think it's also true, obviously, in the court of public opinion. Well, were, um, was this artwork used uh, for for some reason? It never like came across my mind like what exactly the artwork was used in was it like in a video on youtube or something oh no, it's, it's it's her banner it's it's anita's banner for her entire fem- uh her entire trolls versus women doesn't video it game appear series. doesn't it appear in each of her videos and i think it's on her website too yeah, yeah it's the branding i mean it would be pretty easy if there are any ads on her youtube videos that means she's monetizing her videos which means she's also monetizing the artwork well, that's that's what i had suggested originally is uh, what i would do is if it if it appears in her youtube videos m- my first order of business would be to utilize the youtube copyright system for the correct way, and, for the first time in history, and claim all the videos that have her artwork in it, and yep, and claim all the videos that have her artwork in it, and keep ads running, but uh, but take them. I don't know if they actually do show up in the videos. No, though. they don't. They don't show ads. They show think, the. They show the it's just on her site. If you look at Tammy's, her last tweet about it was my solution if i can't stop my art from being used free but unethically then at least i can karma counter with free art for ethical folks so i think she's saying that her art is being used in an unethical manner but she doesn't seem to be getting much headway on how to deal with it so i'm not sure where this is going to go now but it does seem that she does have take issue with how it's being used yeah which is i which is well when they're right it's, it's kind of unfortunate it's kind of a shitty thing on a Anita's part. It's like, you know, it, it's it's kind of this thing. If 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 you're supposed to be, you know, we're 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 back to the to what we started with with the conversation. It's kind of it's, if you're supposed to be on the side of social justice and all that kind of stuff, don't bully the little guy just because you can. Yeah. It just seems so easy to follow Wheaton's law in this case. You know, don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. Well, it's a hot button topic, and I'm all riled up. <laughs> so. Get ready. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because um, if you look at the logo that it's a part of, it looks like she just basically took whatever the fuck she could find. Like, it's got an action figure in it and uh, the, like, original Lara Croft. And, I, 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 anyway. I looked at the logo. I can make a better one in, like, five minutes. Yeah, let's help. Let's just help her. Let's let's make her a better logo. <laughs> and then this whole thing can be over. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, and like I, I like I said, I I think that brings up a good point because you have all those other characters uh, on there, but in practicing good business sense, none of those companies would dare go after Anita with their characters that she's abusing there. It's always better to use the commercial, the actual commercial versions too, because yeah. it's yeah. then it is part of the critique. But to take somebody's artwork who had really nothing to do with this and is not the target of her ire, so to speak, it, it was just kind of trashy. Well, so there we go. I think that's a I think that's a good a good final thought, which is how dare you, you trashy, trashy person. <laughs> um, and, and like I said, we, we had this big, long social justice conversation because I just want to make sure that people understand that, like, the two are completely separate. If you think that she's doing great work in the social justice movement, that's that's your prerogative. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that this was just a douchey thing to do. Yeah. So. And I, and I sort of bowed out of the discussion for the most part because Jennifer and I always have hate-filled discussions and I'm just so drained from it as it is. Sure, sure. Well, and it's the same thing. If if Martin Luther King had stolen this picture, I'd be having the same conversation. Shame right. on you, shame on you, Martin. We're going to take your holiday back. It's ours now. Yeah. No, so. we're not. That's the only holiday I get off. <laughs> what are they going to do about the ambassador thing is what I'm curious. Because, like, you can't have someone who steals artist work is your game development ambassador like that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that i don't think they'll take it back but they really should i think i think nothing will happen i think i think tammy won't have the teeth to do anything about this unfortunately and uh and it's just going to fizzle out and we're going to forget about it um but I, I I know that you dropped a hint that you were ready to end this jason so (laughs) why don't (laughs) let me help let me help you there by saying hey Go visit our website. It's enemyslime.com. And when you're done with that, go check us out on Twitter where we tweet about things like this and and jazz punk and all all manner of other things. Uh, so go follow that too. Not it's Twitter. Justice. Not social justice. We try not to. And now we made a, a podcast that is half devoted to it. So we've really, this is a slippery slope here, gents. But... Uh, <laughs> But thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us at twitter.com slash theenemyslime. We're on Facebook under the same name. Uh, so go visit all those things. If you want to write us an email about something other than social justice, you can email us at contact at enemyslime.com. We'll read your email on the podcast. We'll respond to it. We'll do whatever. And uh, I, think, I think that should uh, be about it, right? All right, then. If that is all, then we are out. There you go. Thank you. All right. <laughs>